Welcome to another edition of the Business and Personal Podcast, where we bring you closer to the people you do business with. And today we're joined by Kate Begley. She is the Director of Community Relations at American House Senior Living in Southgate. And she's been in the senior care field for eight years, so I thought she'd be a perfect guest to bring on today because with what's happened in the last year, people have a lot of questions about senior care and the safety of senior care. And they've gone to great lengths at American House to take care of people. And, and Kate's going to touch on that and many other things with us today. So first of all, Kate, thanks so much for joining us and how are you doing today? Thank you so much for inviting me to do this with you, Ryan. I am doing great. It's just been a very busy, happy day today at American House Southgate. Hey, it beats the heck out of being quarantined and being shut down like we were for so long. Uh, so good to hear that you're busy. Um, so, so tell me what led you to American House then, Kate? Um, obviously, there's a lot of places you could work at with that much experience in the field, but you chose them. Um, so tell me why you did and, and what you like about American House. So I fell in love with American House because they really cater to the community that they are serving. Every community that they have in every area, um, definitely the interior design goes with the economic station of the people surrounding the community. So it's very homey, very mom and pop-ish. And I love that because those high-end communities, though they are beautiful and they have a lot to offer, it's not realistic for everybody. And so that's why I love American House. And you sent me some great photos, too, of the amenities um, that you have there. Just talk about that a little bit, um, just how nice and comfortable it is at your facilities. Yeah, absolutely. So some of the amenities that we have, we have a chapel and a theater room, which is great because a lot of our residents enjoy, you know, those old movies. Um, they love sitting next to their friends and families, um, popcorn movie nights. We have a activity room, which is amazing. We have a therapy gym, which is really important for seniors this time, um, especially with COVID, the way it's affected their physical abilities, giving them that equipment so they can stay strong and healthy has been amazing. And it's been a great outlet for a lot of our residents. So having those amenities are huge. Um, we also have housekeeping that comes in and does weekly housekeeping, um, dusting, disinfecting, cleaning, uh, linen service. So we put on new sheets, change out beds, comforters, all of that good stuff. Fantastic. And you have a pretty good reach in the state of Michigan. We obviously we know you work at the Southgate location, but just tell our listeners that might be different parts of the state, just how uh, wide of an area American House does cover because some of your locations don't have the American House name attached to them. They might have a different name, but they're part of the American House family. Yes, absolutely. We have purchased um or acquired certain communities. So they're going through the transition, but we have over 30 communities in Michigan from the west side to the east side, further up north. Um, so we have a vast majority of communities in different areas. And you can always look at our website, AmericanHouse.com to find out the location closest to you. Very good. Well, there's no getting around this topic. We might as well get it out of the way right now. Everybody wants to know, how have you adjusted to COVID? Why is it safe there now? Uh, I'm sure there's many people. It's always tough to decide when to um, put a loved one into an assisted living facility anyway. And then COVID just layered on all these other challenges with making that decision. 
so now, you know, you're challenged with this year, getting people confident again, that it's a safe place to go. So just talk about what you've been able to do with that. Yeah, absolutely. So we have done um, an amazing job with um, our COVID-19 protocols. We have limited um, outside vendors from coming in. We only allow um, healthcare professionals in to provide care for our residents, as well as family members who are the caregivers, right? So that they can come in as long as they can pass the COVID screenings, which are done. Um, we also do random COVID testing for staff through our on-site medical team through a third party. So they've been really great about making sure that people in the building are COVID free. Once we find a COVID positive resident. They are isolated to their room for 14 days. We do monitor for them for symptoms. We still provide them activities to their room so that they are still getting that stimulation, which is really important. Um, we have partnered with Walgreens to do vaccinations for most of our communities. So it's been a very secure, safe, sterile environment. For all of our residents um, separating, we are recently um, able to open up our dining rooms in most of our communities. So that's really exciting that the residents finally get to see their friends and neighbors. Um, there are rules with that, of course, dictated to us by the government from Michigan as the six feet apart. So many people, um, it's like neighbors, but no more than two neighbors per table with a single individual. Um, there has to be enough space, of course, again, for them to be six feet apart so they can eat and talk and accommodate. Um, they are to wear their mask when they're not in their room, which I think will be around for a long time, unfortunately. Right. Just yeah. gotta get used to that, I think. Yeah, but um, we're doing a great job. People are coming down to activities social distancing. So we are doing most activities in person, which is great. Um, their favorite is still bingo. No, that's, that's the big one. Don't ever go into the room and yell bingo. They'll all turn on you. Some things never changed. Probably even the last pandemic bingo was popular. And here we are all these years later and it's still, still a go-to. You know, it's the little things of the surprise win and um, getting a little something. Some residents are really sweet and they give their prizes away to other residents. And there's um, treats for them. There's things that they can do that they enjoy in their room or with other people. And it's just something nice to have. And I'm sure you get this question a lot with all the prospective residents that you talk to, but how readily available is the vaccine for if someone wanted to come to one of your facilities and become a resident, um, are they able to get the vaccine right away if they haven't already been vaccinated? So that is a tricky question because that honestly depends if their community has already been vaccinated. If their community has already been vaccinated, then they can wait until the, the Walgreens comes back around with the uh, next set and then they will be scheduled for a vaccine then or we can help them find a location outside of Walgreens and we can get them there so that they can get vaccine before coming into the community. I can imagine it's making your life a lot easier at least to just have that as an option though it must have been so difficult to talk to people when it really wasn't an option and uh, you know 
people Absolutely. I'm sure were very scared to take that risk on with that not being an option at all. Yes, I think there was um, a lot of fear of the unknown and the risks, especially for that age group. Um, we are a 55 plus community um, for American houses. And so there was definitely that unknown. And so trying to get people to feel comfortable is a lot easier now that the vaccine's available than what it was when the pandemic first came about. So the good news is for people listening out there, there are options available. You'd have to talk to Kate and, and see what would work best for you. But we're in a much better spot now than we were a year ago. So enough about that. Let's, uh, let's move forward here. And, and I want to, I thought like kind of to start with this for people that are listening and maybe have a loved one that they're considering to put in a, one of a facility like yours. What is a good trigger point where you just, okay, this at home thing's not working anymore. We need to look into other options. I would say that one of the biggest things is if you're talking to your loved ones, whether it's an aunt, uncle, a mom, a dad, and they have um, this feeling like their home and the upkeep is too much. You know, they're just like, I can't handle the snow, for instance. I'm just not physically able to do it, even though we can pay for snow removal services. It's becoming to be a lot. And with Michigan, you never know when the snow is going to end <laughs> or when it's going to begin. Um, even with yard work, when the weather is nicer, the constant upkeep of the lawn and the weeds, right? Um, things that they love to do, but essentially they feel the wear and tear on their body or even just the emotional stress or the mental stress of the upkeep. That is a good indication that it might be time to consider an independent assisted living option. Um, if they start to say, I need a chauffeur, I don't want to drive anymore. I feel like you could come pick me up and take me everywhere I need to go. And my car will sit in my garage. <laughs> <laughs> um, that would be a great indication that they might be ready to have a conversation. Um, I would say if they are looking for more social interaction than what they're getting or um, getting groceries becomes too much or meal preparations, or you start to notice that, hey, mom, why isn't dad taking his medications regularly? Um, maybe there was an issue with that, um, a health emergency, maybe not quite an emergency, but something close to it would be also a good indication that maybe there's some memory issues going on and that's getting them to a place where they could have supervision when needed for those times for medication reminders or management, that would be a good time to have that conversation um, for sure. I would even say if you notice that their um, physical appearance has altered, let's say mom's always very well put together, hair is perfect, makeup's on, always has her jewelry, has to look a certain way, and maybe you notice one day, mom doesn't look right. She stopped wearing makeup. Maybe her, her nails aren't done anymore and her hair is not being styled properly. Um, maybe less shower, so the personal care you notice is diminished. Um, maybe you're starting to notice some smells around the house. Might be an idea that there might be some incontinence issues. And that would also be a strong indication that you should have that conversation with your loved one. All great things to put on a checklist and 
everybody's going to be different. You know, some people, you might be able to make it all the way through. And then there's this final thing like, okay, that's the last straw for others. It might be higher on the list. Okay. You know, we can't do this anymore, but I think it's all about staying on top of things and you're going to, everybody just kind of knows, but that's a really good checklist to kind of work off. Yeah. I think it's a good indication of at least where to start. So, you know, the next thing on my mind is you see independent living, you see assisted living as basically two separate things. So explain the difference between those two and why one might be a better fit than the other for someone. Sure. So with independent living, it provides residents with a convenient access to dining and Um, activities and entertainment and outings and so much more. Residents enjoy coming and going. And independent living, for instance, we have a couple who lives here um, about four months out of the year. And the rest of the year, they live in their condo in Florida. (laughs) Interesting. So that is a very great indication that independent living might be what you're looking for, Um, where assisted living is a great option for individuals who do not require extensive care, but have difficulty performing activities of daily living at home. So maybe they need support with their meals, medication reminders, or laundry. They need assistance for outings. Um, Maybe it's the therapy services that they could get while they're here. The access to the gym and the specialized equipment, what that means. Um, I would also say that if they needed an emergency response system that we have here in our community, as in all of our other communities, they have access to the best staff, including nurses on site, if something should arise. So that is the difference between assisted living and independent living. And I could see probably a lot of cases where someone comes in and starts out in independent and then eventually works their way over to assisted over the yeah. course of time. There is a transition of care. We really like people to try to come in as independently as possible and then transition to assisted living and then transition, hopefully not, but if they do, they can transition to memory care into some of our communities. And when we talked in preparation for this, you also mentioned respite care, um, which I really like that as an option. You sort of want to dip your toe in the water, I guess, and see if this is going to be something long-term. Talk a little bit about options with that. Yeah, so I love respite care. Respite care is such an amazing service. So it's essentially a room in our community that is set up like a hotel. So right now you can have room service. It comes with towels. All you need is your suitcase with your clothes, your toothbrush, and your personal care supplies, and you can move right in which is great. Um, Whether you are in hospice or independent and you're living with family and they just said, you know, right now we just need a break. Um, It's super stressful taking care of your loved ones. And so this is a great introduction for families to talk to their parents or other family members about this being a long-term solution. It's also considered a bridge to home. So if somebody is coming from a skilled nursing facility and they're not quite strong enough to come home, they would come to a community like American House with respite and they would transition 
either permanently into our community or transition home if they're strong enough and able to go that route. And they live here, they get all the amenities of the community, the social aspect. Um, they can sign on for services like medications, showering, incontinence support, all of those things. And it runs about $100 a day. Sort of like a test drive. And then if you like it, I'm imagining you've had a lot of people that, hey, this is kind of nice, and they stick with it long term. Yes, absolutely. I actually had that happen this week. Yeah, I believe it. Now, um, there's also been a lot of attention on Alzheimer's, dementia over the last several years, some great research being done on that. Um, so you and you do offer some memory care services. So just talk about that and, and what you're able to do with that. Yes, yeah, so our memory care communities help residents feel secure and engaged and connected to their surroundings. Um, memory care is ideal for individuals with dementia um, who require a higher level of skill and supervision in a licensed memory care community. It's very important to make sure that they are licensed memory care, that it's a secure, lockdown, safe, 24-hour medical assistance with life enrichment services, um, Personal care is usually included in that, and it's great because it truly gives them support in navigating the change of their mental cycles, um, and it gives their family peace of mind knowing that their loved ones cannot harm themselves. So it, it, we do offer um, a large variety of activities to engage them based on their levels. And our emphasis is on a person-centered care. Um, our specialized program creates a culture of caring with our residents um, and also helps their loved ones navigate the complexities of the disease. And have you seen that work? Like, have you personally seen that work on some people where they become more alert um, yeah. after going through that? Yes, I have seen people come in and they weren't always in the best state, but with the proper medication management, the proper activities, the life came back to their eyes. They found joy in living in the communities. They found joy in um, their fellow companionship with other people like-minded like themselves. They were able to create friendships and bonds there. And it was such an amazing thing to see in person. That's great. I'm sure we'll just continue to see advancements uh in both of those uh, I really over the first time. <laughs> so, and then the last thing we kind of talked about, which is the harder one to talk about is hospice care. And uh, you had mentioned that a lot of the hospice facilities have become overloaded during COVID and facilities like yours um, became more valuable for those services. So just talk a little bit about what you offer for hospice. Yes, hospice is such an amazing thing, first off. It is such um, my personal feeling is that hospice is so peaceful for family and then the resident going through that. Um, so American Health Communities provide hospice care, which center around the patient and the family. In addition to providing care to in the individuals reaching the final stages of life, um, we also understand how it feels to treat them with kindness, compassion, respect, the nursing treatments that come along with that, the palliative care, the medication management, um, anything that 
we try to do, we avoid the disruption of any invasive treatments at that point. Um, it's also customary towards the person. Right now, there's also family members out of state who are trying to find hospice placements for their family members, which great is about American houses that we allow their loved ones to live with them in their final stages of life. And so they can come in, they can sleep in the spare bedroom, they can be there through the whole thing, never leaving their loved one's side um, till their final breath, which is really amazing. Yeah, good to know. Good. That's a great service. Now, uh, I think it comes down a lot of times, you know, as I said before, it's a hard enough decision mentally to put a loved one in one of these facilities. But then there's also the cost aspect of it. That's also a big roadblock. And you had mentioned some government assistance programs um, that are available out there. So touch on that a little bit. Yes. So I love talking about this because there's so many people who need financial support um, that didn't really plan for the life to transition the way it did financially, but healthcare is costly, right? And so is your long-term plan. So with the Senior Alliance here in Michigan, um, they work with the Michigan Medicaid Waiver Program. And what that does is it allows financial support. You do have to meet qualifications, um, like in, there is an age specification, um, which is 65 plus, and you have to have so much money in the bank or assets in order to qualify. But essentially, if you choose to live with someplace like American House that accepts the waiver, they pay us for servicing you based on your assessment and what they can approve, which is huge. And if you qualify based on your level of need for skilled services, they can pay for the entire skilled side of the services as well, which is great because that's such a burden to take off of you and your loved ones for that financial aspect. So for that process, could someone fill out an application when they're working with you in the onboarding process and would they know ahead of time whether or not they qualify? Is that a long time to get an answer on something like that? Right now, there's no wait list. Oh. Um, so that's great. Usually the wait list is months long, um, but right now there's not. It takes anywhere at a minimum of six to eight weeks because you do have to get assessments. Um, they could definitely, I can walk them through the steps. I can help them get the preliminary application figured out and we can submit that together. It does need a lot of information, some financial, but we can absolutely work together. Everyone um, of our communities that accepts the waiver can also help walk you through that as well. So that's really great um, as far as that goes. You know, it's such an interesting time because I'm sure a lot of people stayed away for a while while they just kind of watched what happened with COVID. And now you got a situation where there's vaccines and whatnot available. And guess what? All this financial assistance you had to wait in line for, jump in the front of the line and take advantage of this huge, that's a great message, huge opportunity for people right Yes, absolutely. Right now, you want to jump on it. You want to get your loved ones in there. You want to get them assessed. Even um, some of our communities are tax credit income based. Now is the time tax credit takes a lot longer to go through those red tapes um, because it does go off your tax records and incomes. But definitely start that process. Find out what you're looking for. Ask those questions. What kind of financial um, applications do you take? Are you tax credit? Are you waiver accepting? Um, huge things. They can be 
full of resources, all of the community relations directors who are all American House have them. Great, great info. Well, I, I always love to close the podcast on a happy note, a success story or whatever. The one you shared with me before we started recording was just fantastic. I never would have thought of something like this happening at an assisted living facility, but share with our listeners uh, the recent success story at American House. Yes. So I love love at any age. I love it. Um, But we had two residents come in at separate times. They met, they fell in love, they got engaged, and we had an American House wedding. Um, the other residents in the community came together. They helped pick out cakes and flowers and they helped the bride get ready and they told her what dress to choose. And all the men cheered on the groom as he was getting ready to wait for his bride to walk down the little aisle in our lobby and we had chairs. And it was just such a beautiful day and it just made the residents love that they had a second chance at love and life and it brought so much fun and activities to the community. So that's why I love American House Southgate, that we were able to do that for our residents. And I know you can't guarantee a love connection to any potential new (laughs) residents, but that's just a really cool story. I love that. Yeah, I cannot always promise that, but if it happens, we love it. Very cool. So Kate, tell me how people get in touch with you, how they would be able to start the process um, and taking a look at becoming a resident at American House. Yeah, so um, I would recommend that everyone go out to our website, AmericanHouse.com. There is a box that you can look and put in your zip code and find an American House location near you. We also have Facebook pages and we're on LinkedIn. So you can find us on all three platforms and we hope that you will let us help you find a place for your loved one to call home. Well, fantastic. I know your uh, industry is due for a huge rebound in this coming year. Last year was certainly tough, but uh, great opportunities for everybody here now going forward. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ryan. I really appreciate this. It's been great getting to know you too. All right. Thanks, Kate.